Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. All right. Would you open us up with prayer tonight? Yes. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for this hour and time of Bible study, dear God. We pray, dear God, that our ears would be attentive to your word, dear God, and that we would gain more knowledge of you and your son, Jesus Christ. And God, I pray for all those that are on the line, dear God, that we all will continue to grow in your word and in your will and your way, dear God. And bless the teacher, dear God, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, We are studying the promises of God, and so far we've understood that uh, the promises of God or the gifts of God are uh, are gifts. That's just exactly what they are. They're not of works. Uh, By grace we are saved through faith and not of ourselves, not of works lest any man should boast. And so we realize that the gifts of God are by grace, that he has given given them to us by his divine favor, and that there's nothing that we can do to earn it. It is not of works lest any man should boast, but it is through faith that we receive the gift of God. And on last week, um, I think Sister Wanima was asking us about um, uh, the gifts and the promises, were they the same? And I, I did agree with her on last week that the gifts and the promises were the same, but I believe that the gift, the promise of God just validates or affirms the gift of God. The promises confirms or uh, or, or or solidifies the gift. Uh, it, 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 he says that I'm going to give you something, and therefore I promise. And the scripture says that he swore, and because he couldn't swear by any other, there was no greater than himself, that he swore by himself. And so I think I want to find that particular scripture where it says that he swore by himself. Um, I had to pull up my Bible really quickly. Bible Gateway. If you find it before I do, just feel free to go ahead and read it. Okay. If I can find it.
Okay, here it is. Hebrews um, 6 and 13. Let's see if we can read the entire text and get the entire context of what he's saying. Hebrews 6 and 13. Uh, okay. Um, okay, 13. It says for 6 and 13, Hebrews 6 and 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. And so here he's saying he made a promise to Abraham, and there was nobody that could confirm or validate the promise. He swore by himself because there was nobody greater than himself. So he swore by himself, uh, saying, surely, surely, blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. So then an oath for confirmation uh, is saying that, that somebody else confirms the oath. It's the end of all strife. But since God... Uh, there was nobody greater than God. He swore by himself that I will keep my promise. Uh, 17 says, wherein God willingly more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which endures into, into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made in high priest forever after the, the order of Melchizedek. And so... Uh, it's impossible for God to lie. So he made a promise, and he promised that he was going to make uh, Abraham uh, an heir and, 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 and uh, uh, a father of all nations. And so he said, I could not swear by anybody else confirming the oath, so I swore by myself. So God makes promises, and he keeps his promises, and he swears by himself that he is going to keep his promise. And Amen. so like I said and so like I said uh last week when uh Sister Wanima asked me about uh the promise um uh was it the promise and the gift the same thing I would and I said yes but this week I'm think I'm saying that the gift the promise is a confirmation of the gift. It is not the same thing as the gift is the confirmation of the gift. And so we thank God for his promises and that we can, we can be assured that he's going to keep his promises because he said by two immutable things. One is that he can, it's impossible for God to lie. So if he says something, it is going to come to pass. And so we thank God for his promises. And so we've understood that, um, that so far that he has promised to give us salvation, uh, he's promised to give us new life. Uh, 
He has promised forgiveness of sins, and he's promised us, um, what was the other one? Freedom. Freedom, yes. And he's promised us for freedom and that um, uh, sin no longer has dominion over us. And so we thank God for these promises. It's a great assurance that God has promised us these things. And, you know, today I was in the car and I was thinking uh, about God and about how we worship God. And the scripture says that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so our idea of God is uh, some object or some man or, or, or something that is tangible. But the, the word of God says God is spirit. And so uh, spirit is not tangible. Uh, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so when we begin to understand uh, the things that God has promised us, he has promised us things that pertain to the spirit, uh, intangible things, things that uh, have great value that we cannot uh, put value upon because it is not an object. It is not uh, something that we can point to and say, this is what God has promised. But God has promised salvation, which is intangible, which is of great value and of great price. And then he's promised us freedom. Freedom is not an object. Amen. It is uh, uh, intangible. Who can describe liberty? Who can, who can point to something and say, this is liberty? You cannot point to liberty because liberty is spirit. It's, 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 it's a state of being, a state of being free and, and not having uh, uh, anything dominate you and, or, or not having any dominance in your life. Uh, but God has promised us liberty. And where the spirit of God is, there is what? Liberty. There is liberty. Wherever there is God, there is liberty. And so if you find yourself in bondage and in, in domination, then you find that it is against the will of God. It is not God's divine will for you, that you are not walking in his divine purpose uh, uh, it is against, it is violating the spirit of God. And so we thank God uh, for the promises of God and that because of two immutable things that he could not um, lie. It says God swore by himself that he would keep his promise because he could not swear by anything greater. There was nobody greater than him. And so by two immutable things, that one is that he could not lie, he promised Abraham and he said, I'm going to keep my promise. I'm going to swear by myself that I'm going to keep my promise because there's nobody greater than I am. And so as we were saying that we understand that God is spirit and the promises that he's making to us are spiritual. He's not promising us uh, houses and land, but although he's promised to provide all of our needs. Now, those are some of the promises, but he is promising us uh, the things that we're discussing now are things that are intangible. Salvation is of great value and it's intangible. I can't point to it and say this is an object or this is uh, salvation. Salvation is spirit. It's an intangible thing. And so we thank God for that and we thank God for freedom and liberty. 
It is intangible. I can't point to liberty and say this is liberty, but it is an intangible uh, spiritual concept. Uh, And so, as I said before, when we find ourselves in bondage, we're finding ourselves outside of the will of God. It is not God's divine will for any man to be in bondage. For where the spirit of God is, there is liberty. And so we've also found that God has promised us a new life. And as we uh, studied um, uh, before, we were talking about uh, in Ezekiel, the 36th chapter and the 26th verse, and he said, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And so here he's saying in my mind that I'm going to give you a new view, a new paradigm, a new way of viewing things. The old way has passed away, and now I'm going to give you a new heart, a new paradigm, uh, so that you can view things from a spiritual point of view, so that you can view things the way I view them, and you can experience life the way I want you to experience it, not out of your ego. And as we discussed before, um, that the things uh, 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 things, the pride of, uh, what is it, the pride of the, the things of the world are the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And the scripture says these things are not of God. And so we understand that God has promised us and given us life, but not according to our egoic nature, not according to the things that we have um, uh, accomplished and the things that we uh, define ourselves by. We define ourselves by um, what we have accomplished and the things that we have and the things that uh, we do. And so God is saying these things are not of him, not the, not the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. These things are not of God. And so we thank God for the promises that he's made us and that they are spiritual and that he has promised us spirit, and life. And um, so uh, as we move forward, another thing that God has promised us, and I think we touched on it last week, uh, was righteousness, that he has promised us righteousness. And, you know, we sing a song um, in church, uh, I'm trading my sorrow, I'm trading uh, uh, I'm trading for God, I'm trading different things for the gift of God. And so he has given, he has taken our filthiness and given us his righteousness. And so we thank God. Uh, for Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter and the 21st verse says, for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so God has promised us righteousness, and he has given us righteousness in Jesus Christ. And he made Jesus to be sin for us so that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. And so we thank God for this promise that we don't have to uh, uh, worry about or contend uh, with sin. All we have to do is confess. And God has taken care of the sin factor in our lives, and he has clothed us with with his righteousness. He has taken care of the sin factor. Uh, As a matter of fact, as we have uh, discussed before, uh, in 1 John 1 and 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we don't have to uh, be concerned, not, that, not to say that we just sin and, 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 and continue in sin. No, we don't continue in sin. God has forgiven us our sins, therefore we walk in his righteousness, and we're cognizant of, of walking in a new life and a new way of being. We don't continue in sin. But if we confess our sins, we, are, we have a promise that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and that we don't have to worry about accounting for our sins because Jesus Christ has accounted for us. We could never pay for the sin that we've done against God. Even after we've become Christians, there are things that we shouldn't have done, and we did them anyway, and and because of God's goodness and his kindness, he has forgiven us for those sins. And so uh, he has forgiven us for that, and he has taken on our sin and given us his righteousness. And then um, in Romans, the fifth chapter, and the 17th verse, now this one I really appreciate because it says, for by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Let's all turn to that. Romans, the fifth chapter. Oh, goodness, I've lost it. Uh, 517? Yes. Romans 5 and 17. And let me see if I can get it here. And when, when you have it, somebody read that. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So what do you think that he's saying here? Well, it's speaking of Adam, because of Adam, you know, we all have to face death now and uh, become born into sin and uh, shaped in iniquity, and then Jesus Christ came, and he came that we all might have life and have it uh, um, more abundantly. So one man brought us death, and one man brought us life, which is All right, that's the first first Adam and the second Adam. So so I really appreciate this because, you know, because of what Adam did, we all fell into death and and fell away from God because of what one man did. But on the other hand, because of what one man, Jesus Christ, has done, we all receive uh, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And 18 says, therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of, of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. And so I love what God has done. He, he you know, we, we, a lot of us complain and say, uh, oh, Adam did this, and because Adam did this, we're all sinners. But because of what Jesus has done, we all receive the grace, abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness. And because of what Jesus has done, righteousness, 
and the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. And as we continue to read, 19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And so uh, God has really, um, uh, we can complain and say Adam did this and Adam did that, but we ought to rejoice in what Jesus has done. He, he, he has uh, uh, made us all righteous. One man made us all sinners and one, made, one man made us all righteous. Isn't that all right? Amen. Amen. Anybody have a comment? Anybody have anything they'd like to add? interject at this time. All right, then we're going to keep moving along. And so we understand that God, the things that God has promised us uh, so far, they are spiritual. He has given us, he's promised us salvation, a new life, freedom, righteousness. Okay, and I think we started on this last week that he promised us the Holy Spirit, all right? And then um, uh, we uh, touched on Luke, the 11th chapter and the 13th verse. It says that if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And so... Uh, we understand that all we have to do is ask God for his Holy Spirit, and he will give it to us. Because the scripture says, he, they, they gave an analogy that if, you're, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more the Heavenly Father will give his children good gifts. And so he's not going to withhold the Holy Spirit from you. But I know one thing, uh, we do... Um, Although we do have things for our children, until they meet a certain criteria, sometimes we hold the gift back from them until uh, they clean their rooms. We'll say, they'll say, Ma, can I go to the mall or can you give me $50 and so forth and so on? And you'll say, well, did you clean your room? And they said, no, I have not cleaned my room. Well, then go up and clean your room, all right? And so these are some of the things that God will do. Uh, yes, he, he has things for us. But there are certain requirements that we have to make before he releases certain gifts to us. He just doesn't pour out his gifts on uh, uh, disobedience. He, he just doesn't do that. He, he blesses the obedient. And I know that he pours, out his, um, uh, he pours out his gifts on the just and the unjust, but there are certain uh, spiritual blessings and spiritual things that God gives to obedient children. Amen? Amen. Amen. Using the analogy, if you, if you being a, a parent know how to give good gifts to your children, using the same analogy, I, if my kids have not cleaned up their room, I am not giving them uh, $50. They cannot go to the mall, all right? Have you done your homework yet? Well, I'm not going to give you X, Y, Z. Do what you're required to do, and then I'm going to release to you a gift, all right? And so God has promised us the Holy Spirit. And while Jesus was here, he was telling the, um, the disciples uh, when they were, he was getting ready to prepare to leave and their heart was uh, heavy, he was saying, but I want you to know that although I'm going to leave you, 
I'm going to leave you a comforter. And he promised that he was going to leave a comforter. He was not just going to take his expression out of this life, out of this world, but he was going to send the comforter. And that um, uh, can be found in John the 14th, which is a very familiar scripture, John 14th chapter and the 16th to the 17th verse. Let's turn to that. Well, starting from John, the 14th chapter, at the first verse, he was telling them, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way you know. And so he's saying that uh, you, you have an unction from the Holy Ghost, and you really know all things. And we know all things. And there are times when uh, we can sit down and seek the Father for guidance, and he will give us an answer because we know all things, all right? And he says, uh, uh, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. So Jesus is saying, I am the representative of God in the earth. And when you see me, you see the Father. And so uh, as I live, I want my confession to be, when you see me, you have seen Christ, all right? All of our confessions should be that when you see me, you see Christ, because he said that we are one, and the Father is, he is in the Father, and the Father is in him, and he is in us. And so when you see him, you see the Father. And so when you see you, we should see Jesus Christ, okay? And Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. And Jesus said unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet ye has, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And here he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, 
that he may abide with you forever. And so God is promising us, Jesus is promising the disciples that he's going away, but he's going to send him a comforter, all right, that will abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So this is not for the world. This is for those who love him and keep his commandment. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Not that it's not for the world. It's that the world cannot receive it because of unbelief. Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. He says, but ye know him for he dwelleth with you, and then he says, and it shall and shall be in you. Now he is dwelling with you, but he shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall also live. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me and I in you. And so here he is uh, verifying that all of us are one, that the Father is in him, he is in the Father, and he is in us. And so our identity should be the identity of Jesus Christ or the Father, that when you see me, you see Jesus. And when you see Jesus, you see the Father. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Okay? And Judas said unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him and he will come unto him and make our abode with him. So he's saying that the stipulation for God to come and make his abode with you is for you to love him and to keep his commandments. So uh, like the example I gave that if, if my children want the gift, they need to clean up their room. They need to keep my commandments. And if they love me, they'll do what I ask them to do. And so this is a stipulation that God has placed on us, that if, he, that if you love him, he will come unto you and make your abode with him. And he said, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the comforter... And he defines the comforter, but the comforter in verse 26, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So we rely on the Holy Ghost. We rely on the comforter to bring the words of Christ to us, to bring to bless us to remember that he has promised us salvation, that he has promised us liberty, that he has promised us a new life. We rely on the Holy Ghost, on the Holy Ghost to bring these things to our remembrance. And he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, you would rejoice, because I said I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do arise, let's go hence. And so here in the 14th chapter of St. John, uh, Jesus is saying that I have to leave you, but I'm going to leave a comforter. I'm going to send the comforter. But the comforter is to those who love me and keep my commandments. He says, because the world cannot receive this gift. All right. Does anybody have anything they would like to add or comment? No comment. No, no, nothing, huh? Okay. I guess I guess I'm out here by myself this tonight. Okay. So God has promised us the righteousness, and He has promised us hope, the Holy Spirit. Um, and Acts, the first chapter, and the eighth verse. Um, Acts 1 and 8, here he's saying, let's, let's see if we can find that. Okay. Acts, the first chapter, and the eighth verse. Oh, God. When you have, when somebody have it, get it for me. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall witness and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. All right. So here we have, here we have um, the disciples now. Jesus has left, uh, and um, the, the church has assembled themselves. Um, Uh, and here, um, I think it is Peter who is speaking. He says, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? So this is, uh, they're giving a testimony of Jesus, and it says, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. He also showed himself after his passion by many infallible proofs, and then being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, 
but wait for the promise of the Father, which says he, ye have heard of me. And so here he's saying that when he promised them, uh, when he was gathered together with them, he promised them that they would receive the Holy Ghost. And being assembled together with them commanded, them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which says, He, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And so here he has told them to go and assemble themselves and wait for the promise that he had promised them in the 14th chapter of John, that God was going to send the Holy Spirit. And so... Um, here he says, uh, uh, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so here he's saying that the Holy Ghost is coming, and I want you to go and assemble yourselves to receive the power of God. And after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you're going to be witnesses. And I want, you, I want to say to you that you can talk about Jesus, but the witness of Jesus Christ, the witness of Jesus Christ is done through the power of the Holy Ghost. The witness that, that pricks hearts is done through the power of the Holy Ghost. The witness of Jesus Christ to say, I witness that Jesus Christ is Lord is done through the power of the Holy Ghost. And so here he has another um, example of when, how he has promised that he's going to uh, give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right, so God has promised us uh, salvation. He has promised us liberty. He has promised us a new life. He has promised us forgiveness of sins. He has promised us uh, righteousness, and he has promised us the Holy Spirit. And what? And he's also promised us his word. Somebody say amen. Mm-hmm. So, so we thank God for his word that he has given to uh, us that we could uh, uh, find uh, the truth it says in the search the scriptures and in them you find, you think you'll find life you'll find me if you search the scriptures and so we thank God that He has given us the scriptures all right or the word uh, in Matthew the fourth chapter and the fourth verse uh, it says it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so it is so tempting of us to live by our own means and live by what we see versus the word of God. Uh, uh, it, it is, for example, um, uh, 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 the Pastor um, Jones, when she was uh, there a couple of weeks ago, shared with us that the prophet had to call a famine uh, on um, uh uh, on Israel, and when he called the famine, the famine was not just on the land, it was also upon him. And so, but he had to believe that uh, that that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so he had to believe that God was going to take care of him 
even though there was a famine. And so God took him to the brook Sherith, uh, and there he fed him by a raven. The, the bird would come and feed him. And, 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 and I don't think people get the entire picture of how the bird, you know, birds take their food and they swallow it, and then when they come to the nest, they regurgitate and give it to the birds and to their babies. And so uh, Elijah was living in a place where he was dependent upon this bird to feed him. And so the bird would bring him uh, food daily. And so he had to trust that God was going to take care of him. And God has promised that he would supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And so when we get into tight places and tight spaces, we have to remember that we can call on God's word. God has promised that he would supply all of our needs. It is not God's will that any man should perish. And we have to remember these words and bring them back not only to God's remembrance but to our remembrance. We perish for lack of knowledge, and, 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 and we can sit and be hungry when we can say, God, but you promised that you would supply all of my needs. Now, I can recall a time that um, we were very young, and there were times when my husband wasn't making a lot of money, and there were times when we just didn't have a lot of things. But every time I turned around, because I believed in God, Every time I turned around, the supply would come. If, if it wasn't a gift from someone who said that uh, God uh, asked me to give this to you, or if it wasn't a, a blessing from somewhere, or, or God would always supply. He would always supply because he promised to supply and because I counted on his word. And so we have to believe that uh, God's word is what sustains us. And here Jesus is talking to uh, the, uh, the enemy uh, when he was in the wilderness, and the enemy came to tempt him to make turn um, stone into bread because he was hungry. But Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so he's saying that there are times when we have to deny ourselves and deny our flesh uh, based on the temptation that is set before us. And so we can compromise sometimes because uh, it looks good. And so I'm sure to Jesus that the bread, the stones looked good, and it was a good idea to turn the stone into bread because he was hungry, but he had to realize that he was being tempted and that he uh, needed to live by the word of God and to stand and to deny the, the, the flesh at this moment and to, 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 to lean on and trust in the word of God and not by the tempter, okay? And there are some times that we have to learn to distinguish between what is good and what is evil and what um, uh, the enemy will make it look like it's good. But we have to begin to understand that everything, like my father used to say, that everything that glitters is not gold and everything that the enemy presents before you is not the will of God. And uh, it reminds me of, when uh, Jesus was saying that I'm going to have to go away, and Peter was saying, no, 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 you're not going, that cannot be. And Jesus said, listen, you don't know what spirit you're of, Peter. 
Get behind me, Satan, because you don't understand the will of God. And there are times when we have to understand that what looks good and what sounds good is not always the will of God, that we need to live by the word of God. And Jesus understood his purpose, and so he was not tempted by the things of this nature and natural affections. Peter was moving in natural affection and not by the word of God. And so uh, as we close tonight, we're going to close uh, by this scripture. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God's word is what sustains us. Even in difficult times, it is God's word that sustains us. It is God's promises that sustains us. I can remember a time, I think Sister Tracy is on the line now, but she was uh, in the hospital and she was dying and the doctors had almost given her up and, and, and it was just about, we had lost hope. But I began to pray and I began to call on the word of God. And all I can remember is the prophet who came uh, to the the, the Shunammite woman's house when her son had died and she laid him on the bed. And when she laid him on the bed, she went to get the prophet. And when the prophet came in, he laid on top of him and put his eyes to his eyes and his hands to his hands and his nose to his nose. And uh, uh, I, I, as much as I possibly could, because she had a lot of tubes and, and apparatus on her, as much as I possibly could, I laid on her. And then I began to speak God's word. It's that God's word says that it is not his will that any man should perish, but all men should come to salvation. And I said, God, this woman has not come to salvation at this time in her life. And it is not, I, I, I refuse to let her go out of this life without her living a full life in you. This is your word. You have promised us salvation. And so it was by the word of God. That was all that I could rely on because the doctor's report, which we know are the experts, the doctor's report was not good, but I had to rely on the word of God. And that was the only word that came up in my heart and my spirit, and I held on to that word. And then not long after that, we and, and not long after that, they discovered that they had left uh, some placenta in her, and they took her down to do emergency surgery, and she lived. And so we thank God for God's word. Man shall not live by bread alone or by the circumstances of this life, but by every word of God. And so I want to say to you, beloved, we thank God for you being on the call tonight. I see you, California. You're back on. We thank God for you. We thank God for Western and Southwest, West Virginia, that Virginia, that is Sister Tracy. We thank God for all those who are on the line tonight. Amen. Is there anybody who'd like to make a comment before we leave tonight? Amen. Well, grace and peace, and we're going to close with prayer. We're going to ask Deacon Phipps if she would close us out in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, dear God, for this prayer time. We pray, dear God, that each person on the line, dear God, has gained some knowledge and understanding more of you, almighty God. Oh, God, especially of your sweet Holy Spirit, dear God, and the gifts that you give to us, God, that is 
freely given unto us, Almighty God. Through your liberty, Almighty God, you have set us free. And, God, we thank you and we praise you for the knowledge, Heavenly Father, that you have blessed our apostle with, Almighty God. Pray, Heavenly Father, that you will continue, God, to touch her and to raise her up spiritually, God, that she continue to be the example, God, that you will have her to be, to lead your sheep, Almighty God. And pray, dear God, in the name of Jesus, and as we depart this Bible study, dear God, that you will be with each and every one of us, dear God, and we now be ever so careful to give your name the glory, the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. You're welcome. Grace and peace to everyone. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. You too. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.